Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another interesting week, another Donald Trump week, another week with all kinds of world affairs going on. Uh, I hate talking about the president all the time. We read about him all the time and, and hear about him all day, every day. There are other things going on in the world. I'm going to mix it up a little bit tonight. Uh, still half the show will be Donald Trump. Some nights I can't avoid it. Some nights I can. I do the best I can. Uh, but we've got an interesting show tonight, whether he is part of a topic or not. In fact, the topics without him are probably more interesting than those with. We're going to be visiting tonight Vietnam, Russia, Afghanistan, China, Kentucky, Mongolia. What a story in Mongolia. Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and Albuquerque. So let's start with this statement for me. Very few people realize, very few people are aware Many people do not remember that the last war the United States won was World War II, 1945. Can you imagine? The last time we won a war strip, 75 years ago. Now, we fought in, what, 18 or 20 more wars since then? We don't win these wars we fight in the Middle East and so forth. We always come out the loser. Not a healthy thing. Doesn't make us look good. And we must be doing something wrong that we never win. I want to share with you a very sad experience our country underwent uh, 45 years ago. It was something that it was on television. As it was happening, we were watching it. I was 40 years old at the time. I, I was glued to the television set in my office. I was glued to my TV set at home that night. It was one of those things. I'm taking you now to Vietnam. It's the last day of the war. It's April 30th, 1975. We got our asses whipped. With all due respect, we got our asses whipped in Vietnam. Uh, On the last day of the war, uh, American soldiers that are left there, primarily Marines, are at the embassy in Saigon. They're defending the embassy. Most of them are on the roof. Uh, There are Thousands of people outside pushing against the walls, pushing against the gates to get onto the embassy grounds so they could be saved from the North Vietnamese who had already entered the city and were on their way to the United States Embassy to humble us, to demean us, to to everything adverse to what we were, what we thought we were. Anyhow. We had to leave. The only way to get out was by helicopter off the roof. This is how bad it was. Can you imagine how embarrassing for the United States that they took people who were friendly to Americans and they took American soldiers, American Marines off the rooftop of the embassy by helicopter? Yes. It took 18 hours. The walls of the embassy, the, the, the gates to the embassy were guarded at the time. Uh, The enemy was at the gates, in effect, and they were shooting at our boys up on top. They were shooting over the wall, 
and we had to get out that way, and you could see the Marines running half down, stooped over, the American lay people, the American friends, the same way, rushing to get to these helicopters. Over an 18-hour period, 81 helicopters landed on the roof of the embassy, took away 6,000 American friends, and also a little over 1,000 American soldiers. All right. The last to leave the United States Marines. They had to be airlifted out of Saigon off the roof of the United States Embassy the last day of the war. What could be more embarrassing? They chased us out of the country. They whipped our asses. There's no question about it. Absolutely no question about it. Yeah, when I hear Donald Trump say, we are the strongest nation in the world. We have the greatest military. I question it today. I, I'm not saying that we're the worst. If, if anything, we're second. <laughs> All right? But I think sometimes China might be stronger than us. You see, and President Xi wrote a beautiful article on this last year in uh, President Xi uh, of China. Uh, he said, you know, I don't know why the United States fought all these wars for 18, 20 years. They spent all this money for what? They got nothing. There was nothing to be gained when they went to these places to fight. While they were fighting, China wasn't, okay? China was building their cities, building their industries, building their manufacturing, building their military power. During that time, China built 550 new naval vessels, war vessels. At the same time, today, I think we have a total of 350 to 400 naval vessels, of which about 100 or 150 are new. The rest are old. So the Chinese are ahead of us there. The Chinese also, they built islands in the South China Sea where there were no islands, just water. Somehow they figured out how to put land in there or create an artificial island why? They wanted airfields so they could get closer to Europe and closer to the United States. They keep military on these islands also as well as airplanes. From any of these islands with the planes and the missiles they have, okay, the Chinese can reach any city in the United States with nuclear warheads from New York to San Francisco. We can't do that from the similar distance to China yet. Uh, they developed a better missile system than we have. They, they just developed all these things. While we're screwing around with all these countries in the Middle East that meant nothing, China minded their own business and became a true superpower. Right? And there they are now. Who is our biggest creditor? We borrow money every day from China. <laughs> we owe them so much money, we'll never be able to pay it. <laughs> Uh, so what am I saying? We're not what Trump says we are, and I'm not demeaning my country. I love my country. I, and I would hope that the next administration, because Obama's at fault here too and Clinton's at fault, no one paid attention to building up what we had. We went out to beat the hell out of these little guys in, in the Mideast and so forth, which was absolutely stupid. That didn't make sense at the time. Does not make sense now. And... I hope Biden has more sense. I believe he must have it, and he will work at bringing
bringing our military up to what it's supposed to be, because what Trump says, he's full of crap with all due respect. He's got all this money. Where it's going, I don't know. The military budget's been huge under him. He put all that money there, and then he borrowed it for the wall, remember? Supreme Court just said he shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. He's got to pay it back. Uh, but he, he hasn't really used it for the military. I, I, I want to know where it went. You know, you have the military-industrial complex out there. They manufacture the weapons of war for us. What happens? I, I've got a suspicion. This is not fact. I don't know. But every time we got an increase in budget, they raise the prices on everything. It had to be. And there's got to be a lot of grease there, money being misspent, ending up in people's pockets. Just too much money without a proper result at the end. Which now brings me to Russia and the bounties. The bounties uh, that were paid by Putin to the Taliban to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. When Taliban was our friends, by the way. There have been times when Taliban has been our friend. They were our friends when this happened. Uh, This is hard to believe uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, Number one, uh, the the word is that uh, Putin paid every soldier, every Taliban that killed an American or coalition soldier was paid $100,000. A lot of money. On the other hand, maybe not. Trump is like China. Russia prints money. You know, if you don't have to put any, you haven't got anything behind your dollar, it's easy to have a lot of money. You just keep the printing press going. And I suspect that's what happened there. But in any event, he shouldn't have done this. I believe he did do this. He's a fink. I mean, this is a KGB. He is, he's the type of enemy we had during World War II. He's the type of Russian enemy we had during the Cold War. All right? He, he believes he's got to bring us down. Russia is nothing today. They are not the giant they were during and following World War II. They're a small country. He wants to bring them back as a power. And I want to tell you something. He screws around. He gets away with murder, and he's accomplishing it. People are afraid of Russia, all right? So where are we now with this thing, uh, with Russia and the bounties? Um, It's Trump's fault, because Trump has asked him. Trump says, I asked him. He said no. Trump says every time Putin has done something wrong, he's gone to him, called him up, visited with him personally. Did you do this? And Donald says, no, I didn't do this. And he says, Trump's, Putin's offended when I asked him. I believe him. He's a good man. He said he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Well, let me tell you something. I don't believe Trump is that stupid. I believe that Putin has something on Trump, and I think most of America agrees with me. And it's one of two things he has to have on our president. One is money. You have to remember that way back when Donald Trump was heavily invested in his casinos in Atlantic City, he put four of them into bankruptcy. He screwed, you never screw a bank, he screwed the banks. He walked away without paying them. What happens after you screw a bank, especially if you're a big businessman borrowing millions and billions of dollars? No bank will loan you money anymore. You don't pay your debts. The one thing you got to do with a bank You've got to pay them. You can take extra long if you have to, but you must pay them their money. And if you don't, you don't get it from anybody. Well, the American banks cut them off. The world banks cut them off. And it seems the only place you could get money was from a Russian bank. Understand that most of the banks in Russia are owned by Russia, especially the bank loaning him the money. 
And the word is that Trump borrowed a lot of money before he was president from the Russian bank to keep him going, to, you know, bring him back. It brought him back. Uh, And his boys, his sons and his businesses may be borrowing money even now from the Russian bank while he sits as president. And that's why he doesn't want to blow the whistle on Putin for anything. And that's why we have not seen Trump's tax returns yet, because it will show on those tax returns where the money came from and where it goes for repayment. And if it's a Russian bank, Trump's going to look awfully bad. The other thing is sex. We know Trump is a sex hound. Maybe he isn't today, but he was a sex hound. And once a sex hound, always one, I think, though. I, I can't believe he, I'm wondering how he's getting it now. Let me put it that way. Uh, he's got to be getting it, uh, but I don't know where. And I don't know how. But in any event, where am I going with this whole thing? He was the head of Miss America or Miss Universe, and it was back around 2013, somewhere around there. And he had the uh, the competition in Moscow, and he stayed in this Big shot, this very big hotel, prominent hotel in Moscow. And the word is that the Russians, and this is a well-known fact, whenever they have a, a an important dignitary, whether businessman or government official, that room is bogged. They got video. They got audio. They got everything. The word is Trump had a prostitute. Big deal, but he had a prostitute. And it's what he did with the prostitute that's so scandalous if the story is true. He either did some rather perverted things with her, which I won't even get into, or this was the same room that Obama had stayed in when he was in Moscow, and it's the same bed Obama slept in, and one of the stories is he had the prostitute urinate on the bed where Obama had slept as an insult to Obama. Whatever it is, or if none of it's true, Putin's got something on Trump, and the world wants to know what. Now, I don't know how many of you saw uh, the movie The Unsinkable Molly Brown, maybe 25, 30 years ago it was made, uh, with uh, Debbie Reynolds, The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh, they had a dancing near the end of the movie where uh, she threw a big party at her home in San Francisco after she came back to the United States, a hero. The Titanic had sunk. She was in a lifeboat. The women were going crazy. My husband's dead. My son's dead. What am I going to do? And they're screaming. They want to kill themselves and everything. And she yells and screams, and she takes control of that boat. She, she got all kinds of awards from this, from the British government and everybody else, because she saved these people. Well, when she came home, she had a party, and she had her friends there. Uh, her friends were poor, her friends that were wealthy. And they sang a song and did a dance. And this song fits the relationship, I believe, between Trump and Putin. And the title is, He's My Friend, and here's the way it goes. He's my friend, and he'll stay my friend. Doesn't matter what the other people say. He's my friend to the bitter end, even though the bitter ends a million years away. He's my friend. Okay, and he'll stay my friend. Doesn't matter what the other people say. He's my friend to the bitter end, even though the bitter ends a million years away. That's the relationship between relationship between the two presidents. 
China, China. I, I complimented China a few minutes ago. They've done a great job building up their country. They've done a great job making money. They've done a great job screwing everybody in the world. They're capitalists. These aren't communists. They're capitalists. They've gone into the business field in the last 30, 40 years. They've competed with American companies, European companies, and they generally outfox us. And they steal our blueprints and everything else. And we say, oh, my God, look at what we did. They did. But our people do the same thing to them. That's the way business is run. But we don't say bad United States. We only say bad China. Okay, I'm not a Chinese fan, but you've got to admire people who are successful, and they are successful. Uh, now, they're very enterprising. Let me put it that way, too. Now, what are they into now? What they're into now did occur and continues to occur in Wuhan. You know Wuhan? That's where the coronavirus thing purportedly came out from a laboratory that there, got out the coronavirus, and went all over the world. Wuhan! All right, now... The Chinese started making, about 10 years ago, what purported to be gold bars. Now, gold bars are a pretty heavy thing. It's like a rectangular house, like the old Indian, Mohawk Indians had rectangular houses. And uh, if there's ever a worldwide conflict, if everything goes to hell, the only thing that's going to have any value in this world is gold. Gold always remains steady and goes up dramatically in hard times. So big businesses, major corporations, wealthy men, they continuously invest in gold and buy gold. They're not stupid. I'm talking about the 1%. They're not dumb. They're not going to play with money. They're not going to play with stocks except their own company. They buy gold, the gold bars, and then they take the gold bars, and when they want to borrow big dollars from a bank anywhere in the world, whether it's a Chinese company, a United States company, a French company, if they got the gold bars, they give, they give the bars to the bank as collateral for the loan. <coughs> you loan me $2 billion, I give you $2 billion in gold bars. And the banks have been happy, except it's now been discovered that the gold bars aren't for real gold all the way through. They are counterfeit. The Chinese have been selling gold bars for the price of a 100% gold bar, which has been used by the people who bought it to collateralize big loans to big banks, and the bars are worth diddly dip. All right? They're either gold-plated copper or gold-plated black tungsten plate. And this has recently been discovered. Now the banks are going crazy because their collateral sucks. All right. The corporations and businessmen are going crazy because they can't come up with that kind of money all at once that they've got invested in the gold bars. I don't know what's going to happen, but you've got to give the Chinese credit. They're thieves. They're crooks, but they're capitalists because capitalism is crooked. All right. It is. Capitalism is crooked. And uh, in the past decade, uh, they've become the biggest counterfeiter of the gold bars, which, by the way, are called ghost collateral when they are counterfeit. To appreciate how much is involved here, 83 tons of counterfeit gold was involved. Now, 83 tons of counterfeit gold weighs the same as 83 tons of a pure gold. I mean, they made, they counterfeited them at the same weight. So it's 83 tons of uh, 
Phony gold was used to get real dollars. Let me put it that way. Okay? Wild, isn't it? Voting place reductions. Republicans are not always good people, are not always honest people. I say that very tenderly and very respectfully. Uh, They screw around with the rights of Americans, which I don't approve of. You've got a bunch of rules. It's called the Constitution. We should follow the Constitution. If you don't follow the rules, we're nothing. We should be a nation of laws. We have lost a lot of it under Trump. We were losing it before. What do the Republicans want to do? They want to reduce the number of, they have reduced the number of polling places where there is a heavy Democratic vote, especially in black neighborhoods. Kentucky's the perfect example. Kentucky, by law, by state law, Kentucky, this past year, got rid of 95% of its polling places, 95%. So you can appreciate numbers what this amounts to, all right? They took 3,700 polling places that they had, and then when they took 95% away, you know what they're left with? They've only got 200 polling places now. So all those people in Kentucky that needed, uh, you know, 3,700 voting places now only have 200, which means they've got to travel long distances to vote, which means they've got to wait in line for hours and hours and hours and get there a couple of days ahead to get in line so they can vote. All right. Give you another example, and they do this primarily in areas that are are very heavily populated with black people because black people are going to vote 85, 90 percent Democrat. Jefferson County, Jefferson County in Kentucky has a population of 767,000 people, a population of 767,000 people. Do you know how many polling places they have? One. You heard me. One polling place. I'm laughing. This is so stupid. For 767,000 people. But our courts say that's perfectly proper what they're doing. I don't know how the hell they get away with it. I don't agree. Uh, I just I can't conceive of it. As a lawyer, I, I, I think this is all wrong. But they've been getting away with it. Uh, these, this is where the conservative Supreme Court uh, and a lot of these judges that Trump has been able to appoint in three and a half years, I don't know how many hundreds of conservative judges he's appointed to the federal court at the trial and appellate level, wild. And this is what they're get, getting away with. They packed the court and they're getting away with it. LeBron James, the great professional basketball player, perhaps the greatest of all time, he, there was a voting problem last year in Georgia, similar. They reduced the number of polling places. This is a Republican trick. It works, though. He said, with regard to Georgia, and I quote, this is systematic racism and oppression. This is systematic racism and oppression, and, my friends, it is. In 2016, Trump had an enemy. He went out and he turned this country against a certain group of people. He vilified them. He destroyed them in the minds of Americans. And who was the enemy he created for Americans to hate? The immigrants. They're coming over by the hundreds. They're coming over by the thousands. They're bringing our diseases. They're raping our, our, our little girls. They're raping our women. 
Uh, they're criminals. They're going to go on the welfare system. And he made such an issue out of this that people, all of a sudden, immigration became a big deal. Got to build a wall to keep the immigrants out. And people went for that. American people went for that and gave him a, those, a lot of people voted for him. They were not necessarily Republicans. They were good old-time elderly male Democrats who voted for him because they didn't want those immigrants coming into our country and doing everything terrible to us and our people, forgetting that most, if not all of them, were the children or grandchildren of immigrants. Now, Trump's got to have another enemy in this election this year in 2020. It can't be the immigrants anymore. He used that and beat it up. People won't buy it all. And have you watched the way his speeches have been going lately? The new enemy of the American people are Americans. He is pit pitting one group of Americans against the other, okay? And he's making the Democrats, those leftist Democrats, you know, he's vilifying them. He's making them the enemy. Uh, look, he's for the Confederate statutes. He wants them back up uh, and all this kind of stuff. He, he, he's pro-Nazi. You know he is. He, what did he say Charlottesville? Did he say anything bad about them, the Nazi party? Uh, he's a white supremacist. You can't deny Trump is a white supremacist. He's going after the American people this time. He's vilifying a portion, a good portion of the American people, and he hopes by doing this they will replace the immigrant vote and he will win the next election. Now, I want to talk about the bubonic plague. You remember the bubonic plague? Fortunately, we didn't live through it. It was a problem of the Middle Ages. It lasted 200 or 300 years, and it was a pandemic. I forget how many thousands of people died. Well, this year we got a lot of problems with disease, viruses, and pandemics. First of all, we got COVID-19, coronavirus. Down here in Florida, every few years we get dengue fever. You die from that. We've got something like uh, 10 or 12 dengue cases in the Keys. Mosquito caused. Don't know how many more we're going to get. You don't have to have too many. It's hard to survive. The flu's coming. The flu season's the fall. It's coming. It's around the corner. People still die from the flu. We forget that. And now the bubonic plague. And it's of concern. And here's the story. It's occurred in Mongolia. <laughs> Would you believe Mongolia? And here's what happened. Two brothers uh, caught a, a, a what's called a mamrat. It's an animal. M-A-R-M-O-T. -A it's a small animal. It looks like a, a rabbit, but looks like a big rat, actually. It's a popular food in Mongolia. And what they do is they catch them. These two boys, they were young men, 24 and 17. Uh, they slit the body open, slit the stomach open, heat coals, take the heated coals, put them in the, in the stomach they open, sew the stomach back up, and let the meat cook. And then they eat it. Commonplace in Mongolia. Mongolia. Nobody ever got the bubonic plague from it before. These two brothers got the bubonic plague. This is this year. And turns out, already, 146 people have the bubonic plague in Mongolia. 
And there's 504 people in Mongolia who are called second contact individuals because the Mongolian, the government, got onto it right away. They didn't screw around like Trump did. They didn't say, oh, we only have two cases to begin with. Like Trump said, we have 15. This will pass. They knew they had a problem. They went to work right away. The masks, everything else, uh, lockdowns, and they're controlling this thing. Uh, the World Health Organization's on the ground helping them. Russia, Putin shitting his pants, excuse the way I put it, because Mongolia is on the Russian border. He cannot afford the bubonic plague. His country is broke financially, though it's hard to believe. He's having trouble staying in office, even though they just elected him to 16 more years. Uh, his country screwed up. All he needs, and oh, Russia is the third largest country with regard to coronavirus all right <laughs> would you believe it so he's got his problems all he needs is a bubonic plague so everybody's upset everybody's scared and they're taking care of it and what i'm impressed with what i'm amazed by is the mongolians didn't sit on their asses they didn't pull a donald trump or what the united states did they did what they thought was right and they appear to be correct, and I hope they are. And the World Health Organization is in there helping them, and probably Putin behind the scenes because he's scared, as I said. Well, my friends, that's the show for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Come back next week. I love doing the show, and I know so much of you, so many of you listen and write to me. I love all of you who listen. Keep listening. The numbers go up every week. I get track, keep track of the numbers. I love it. I do a blog every morning. It's, it, I publish about noon. It takes you about three minutes to read it. KeyWestLou.com. It's like this show, but I talk about more things. If you like this show, read my blog. If you don't like this show, don't read my blog. But if you're, you would like to take a shot at it, it's KeyWestLou.com. I thank you again for joining me this week. I look forward to being with you next week. <laughs>